Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 79 of The Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Baz, I'm your host and producer, and it is my absolute pleasure to bring you yet another episode of this, uh, this great show. In today's episode, shortly, Chris will be joining us to bring us a little bit of maritime history um, in the form of a listener question and also some great cruise news. A little shout out to say thank you to Louise for that question, which helps us to frame out uh, the uh, the maritime history this week. And uh, also, just a reminder, there's a few ways that you can help us out, and many of you are already doing this, and for doing that, we do very much thank you. Um, the easiest way is to just listen, like, subscribe, and even leave a review wherever you're listening to this particular podcast. Um, a reminder also that it's now also available on Audible and Amazon, so a few extra podcast platforms available there for you to, to find us. Equally, if you want to go that one step further, you can make a donation via the uh, Buy Me A Coffee app that simply donates the cost of a coffee to us to help uh, pay the production costs and help keep the podcast on air. And uh, something that we don't often talk about, we do have the uh, ethical uh, cruise fashion, whether it's uh, podcast merchandise or whether you want to design your own T-shirts or hoodies, you can do so using organic cotton, green energy and zero plastic. And uh, that does create a little bit of a donation to us here at the podcast as well so take a look at that that's on the website uh, just under uh, cruise fashion equally um if you are able to do so and vote for us in the australian podcast awards that will be greatly appreciated there is a link in the show notes of how to do that we did explain it last week and i will explain it again a little later in the the show as well and finally don't forget that chris is competing or is participating should i say in the cape to cape walk which is uh, an opportunity for him to raise some much needed funds for a charity called uh, zero to hero which he's helping uh, youth with mental health issues so uh, take a little look at all those links in the show notes but as i say if you can only do one thing simply share the podcast with a friend or fellow colleague that you think might enjoy it or just drop us a review on your favorite podcast app that'd be the easiest way for you to help us and uh, for that we are very very grateful don't forget to listen until the end of the show. We do have a great itinerary of the week. That was actually suggested by one of our listeners, Gary. Um, so we'll be talking a little bit about that after we've uh, spoken to Chris. So let's get Chris on the line. Let's start talking all things cruise news and maritime history. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. 
It is that time of the week once again when we welcome our good friend, maritime historian and all things cruise news, Chris Frame. Welcome back. Great to be back, Buzz. It is. It's been another week and what a week it has been in cruise news. But before we get to that, uh, you've got a listener question. Um, Louise uh, sent in a great question and asked, why was cruising so popular in the US but took so much longer to grow in popularity around the world? Yeah, that is a good question. Yeah, because obviously... When we look back at um, the cruising boom, we sort of talk about how, you know, Carnival and Royal Caribbean and Norwegian Cruise Line uh, really started to challenge the status quo uh, in the in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that kind of, to some extent, gives an impression that the US market was the first to, to sort of experience cruising whilst it was the first to really take off in the way that cruising is in modern times, cruising itself had been established, you know, for a long time, which I think we've covered off on previous podcasts as Mm -hmm. well. So, you know, there was, there were already cruise ships or ships operating cruise voyages in, in the U S market, as well as uh, in the UK market and in Europe. um, And also in Australia and New Zealand, for example, at the end of um, their, their line voyages, they'd quite often stop stop off and do some cruises before heading back to, to Europe on the line voyages. Oh, yeah. uh, but in the US, as aircraft became more and more um, accessible, jet airplanes, the crew, the shipping lines realized, well, particularly the, the new ones such as Carnival and, um, and Royal Caribbean, for example, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They realized that there was an opportunity here to utilize airplanes to get people to cruise ports, which weren't um, the traditional ports that were used for line voyages. So if you think about the U.S., um, in, you know, throughout the history there, the big commercial ports for passenger shipping had been places like the U- um, New York rather, yeah. uh, and, and Boston. And they were sort of ports that were used to access um, Canada and also do the, the transatlantic crossings across to, to Europe and the mm. United Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at that geographically compared to where the great destinations for a pleasure voyage are, it's, quite a, it's a few days sailing from New York yeah, yeah. to get down to the Caribbean, right? Yeah. So carnivals, say, for example, they're and Royal Caribbean and Norwegian Cruise Line, their genius, I think, was that if they used a port like Miami mm-hmm. or later Fort Lauderdale, which is one night's, you know, you depart and overnight you're in the Caribbean, yeah. um, then that's going to make the cruise experience more of a, I guess, like an independent thing. So you don't have to worry about that, that shipping voyage first. Yeah. Um, and because of this, they... Um, those two, those three cruise lines, for example, partnered with airlines to get people to the cruise ports, and it just really kind of clicked. People people enjoyed the ability from you know from all parts of the United States. You could get to um, get to Miami, and then within a within a day, you were in the sunny Caribbean, and you could have like a, a five night or a three night um, holiday without having to spend any of that time. You know, transiting rough, rougher seas, yeah, yeah, or sure. or being away from from the islands, um, and because of that, I guess as well, you then got the the opportunity to say, 
um, they could do weekend long, like long weekend or, but also weekend voyages. So you could have like a two or three night cruise where people could maybe take a Friday or a Monday off, um, but not have to be away from off from work, like for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that really did, that really did take off. So, um, geography really pushed that as well, as well as the, the entrepreneurs being based in that market at the time. Um, you know, in the UK, for example, uh, shipping lines like P and O did start to utilize, um, ships like Canberra, for example, as cruise ships and, and P and O again in Australia with, with, um, Oriana, mm-hmm. but even there, you know, from the UK to get into the Mediterranean, you, you do have that one day sort of crossing of the Bay of Biscay. Yeah. Um, so it's not quite as, uh, easy as it is in, uh, in the U S market there to have that direct access to, to the sort of place that you want to you know get to by ship um and so i think it's a combination of the location of where the pioneers were based at the time as well as the entrepreneurial spirit of them and the the fact that the geographically the um the ports like miami were so close to the to the uh places where the cruise ships could really have a, a very pleasurable uh holiday experience that sort of added it up to make the u.s market really be the sort of leader in that in that respect Mm. And back in the day, um, didn't Carnival have an agreement or a charter airline, um, Carnival Air, to, to <laughs> get people to fly down to Miami? Yeah, yeah. For a period, they did. They had their own. They had their own airline um, wing. Um, they they had airplanes branded in Carnival liveries. Um, yeah. There were uh, uh, Airbus A three hundreds and um, I believe seven two sevens that were flying um, with the big Carnival logo on their tails. Mm-hmm. Um, but e- eventually, they they kind of opted more for a. Uh, an agreement where they could they could partner with um, existing airlines yeah. that that would allow you know because there's so many different now particularly there's so many different people uh, like people from so many different locations are traveling to the cruise ports yeah. that you know if you're utilizing multiple airlines that have multiple hubs in different areas you can really get the whole nation sort of involved yeah. No, no, brilliant. I love it. Love the question, Louise, and love the answer even more, Chris. So uh, well done. And don't forget, if you have got a, a question there, send it through via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com in the top right-hand corner, join the show, and uh, that's how you get in touch. Um, we had uh, Gary in touch as well, Chris. He uh, sent through uh, some answers to kind of questions that we put out to our listeners uh, over a couple of episodes. First one being around seasickness and what people did to try and <laughs> overcome it. Uh, the first one, he said he found jumping in one of the swimming pools, if they're open, helps to hear ease any of his queasiness and uh, back a few episodes prior to that i think we talked about uh, favorite cruise apps and he mentioned that he likes to use shipmate and marine traffic i'm not familiar with shipmate but i do use marine traffic myself. i use marine traffic as well great for tracking ships uh, all over the world and seeing uh, how far they are port from port etc but shipmate i'm not familiar with have you used that yourself no, 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 I haven't. Um, but I definitely do use um, marine traffic, and it was fascinating last year as well, particularly to see um, all the ships returning to the well, going to their to their like uh, anchorage locations, and then using marine traffic. You could see some of them when they went out to do their exchange of, of waters and stuff. To, mm-hmm. They were writing messages in the um, in the wake. Some of them uh, with like <laughs> shapes of hearts or logos and that sort of thing. And that was that was interesting to watch on marine traffic because it shows you the ship's route. Yeah. Um, as well, which is kind of cool. And I think you predicted the uh, the departure of some particular ships because you noticed where their ultimate destination was, and that was probably on marine traffic too. I'm guessing. Yes, uh, there's, um, you know, if you if you they they keep track of uh, 
you know, the destination and where the ship's heading and kind of how, what it's, you know, ports en route are. And so you can kind of look at that and go, you know, the ship's heading towards, um, towards Alang, for example, it's going to stop off in Colombo. Perhaps that's going to be for destoring and it, yeah. it, it kind of turned out to be, for, to be true for most of them. <laughs> and of course, it's not only for, for cruise ships, it's all for, for, for marine, any marine traffic uh, of a size that you can track on there. So if you're not familiar with either of those, jump on your, your app on your phone and have a look and, and see what you think. And if you've got one yourself that you use, uh, send it through. We'd love to hear from it. And also any uh, seasickness tips. Um, I've also got another question to put out there. If anybody's got any um, Christmas or New Year cruise experiences they're willing to share, it'd be great to have. It doesn't have to be a full cruise review, but just a, even a couple of sentences that you want to share with us about uh, family reunions, festivities at sea that you'd like to share for a special episode that we'll put out towards Christmas. So again, get in touch via the website if, uh, if that is you. Chris, we're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to be straight back with cruise news. Sounds good. As we mentioned, it's been another bumper week in cruise news from around the world. Let's kick off with Princess Cruises, who here in Australia have cancelled the 2022 World Cruise. Yes, it's sad news, obviously, for all those of us in this part of the world as well, because this um, uh, announcement also includes the the cancelling of the 28-night around Australia voyage, Mm -hmm. uh, which was to take place in March, um, as well as the 35-night Pacific Islands, so Hawaii, Tahiti, and South Pacific cruise, which was going to um, be departing from Sydney in April. So, yeah, yeah, sad news. Um, not the best way to start cruise news, really, is it? <laughs> um, but no, yes, but there, that was. Sorry, there is ahead. a there is a meeting this week with um, all the relevant stakeholders uh, with the government and the cruise industry, which may hopefully pave. Uh, the way forward for a pathway, because apparently yesterday we uh, we ticked over the eighty percent uh, mark for vaccinations here in Australia, so that might be a, a little tick in the box for the authorities to at least consider the return of cruise ships now that we can go international on flights. Of course, fantastic. Now uh, staying with Princess, and uh, let's uh, talk all things Love Boat. They've just announced a Love Boat theme cruise. Yes, and they will be um, on board with the um, ensemble cast to a. Uh, part of the love boat and and during that voyage uh they'll be celebrating uh the memory of actor gavin mcleod who of course played the captain and and, um was uh, has recently passed away so they'll be honoring him during that voyage yeah so that's uh, this majestic princess and uh, lots of different activities on board there's a whole list of different things that are taking place on board the cruise and of course the link to it if you're interested in that particular sailing which is 26 march along the mexican riviera out of la um, moving over to Holland America, which is, of course, within the Carnival family, they have just kicked off their inaugural season on board the recently launched Rotterdam. Yes, now we've spoken about Rotterdam a few times. It's been eagerly awaited, I think, during mm. the during the pandemic to have uh, the new flagship come on board. Uh, she's departed uh, Fort Lauderdale. There we go, one of those uh, US cruise ports that we were <laughs> speaking about just moments ago. Um, on the 5th of November, she, she uh, set sail um, and is on her um, Caribbean uh, inaugural voyage. Mm. Now, this is a five-day uh, sailing, um, and it's uh, you know going into into the Bahamas as well. Um, it will spend two days at Half Moon Key, uh, and that of course is the, the company's private island, which again is another reason why um, the Caribbean and the U.S. market became so popular. So yes, it's the second ship to return to Florida from Holland America. 
<laughs> yeah, Half Moon Key is very popular. I believe it's the most highly rated um, port on any of the, the Caribbean itineraries for, for them. And of course, they've got other ships that are also returning. Uh, they've got New Staten Dam and Eurodam, which will also kick off their Caribbean season any day too. Um, staying within the Carnival family, uh, Aida, which is of course the German brand, they're bringing some festive magic on board. Yes, Aida Prima and Aida Nova are going to have a winter wonderland theme and uh, they're going to, well, Prima, um, f- for example, is going to have uh, ice skating on board, which is really quite exciting. Um, and, you know, this is part of their resumption of cruising. Aida's obviously been kind of a pioneer in this area, but with the Christmas in full swing, they're going to be uh, doing some th- a few special things here with the um, sports deck, for example, transformed into a uh, Christmas market. Um, they're going to have, you know, all sorts of interesting winter um, Christmas uh, experiences on board. They've said, they've noted here mulled wine, uh, candied apples, and other culinary delights. So it should be quite interesting to see what they um, come with on board there. Yeah, because of course the German Christmas markets are famed around the world and mm. to be able to bring them to sea. I mean, ice skating rinks at sea is not a new thing. They've been with other cruise lines for quite some time, but this is going to be a seasonal experience and uh, great to bring uh, Christmas and the festive season back onto the ships in a big way. We're moving over to Royal Caribbean next, and the, the Royal Family have announced their 13th sustain, I can't even say this, sustainability report, which is of course <laughs> supposed to be sustainability, but uh, playing yes. on the sea there. Yes, exactly. Um, they've noted a few things with the particular um, report. Um, it's firstly uh, noted that they have, uh, throughout the company, they've managed to um, exceed uh, nearly all of their 2020 sustainability targets. Brilliant. Um, of course, 2020 was a quite a unique year as well. So um, it gave many of the cruise lines, I think, time to pause and time to think, which is good um, in terms of what they're going to do with their with their sustainability going forward. Um, in Australian waters, for example, um, Royal Caribbean has been working with uh, the World Wildlife Federation in Australia mm. um, to help protect uh, endangered species such as the hawksbill turtle. Um, and this was done through a campaign that was called Surrender Your Shell. Yeah, um, I remember this. We spoke about this on the podcast and it was an opportunity to, to get those people who have inadvertently purchased um, products that are made out of these shells to return them so that they can start to document where they've come from and, mm-hmm. um, and, and work out what the, uh, uh, what the sort of uh, impact has been. Um, there was $8 million in support to the WWF that was... Um, provided by Royal Caribbean. Um, they've got a um, stewardship uh, program as well. They've got emissions reduction targets. Um, they're working with uh, uh, within the company to achieve zero waste in, in a circular economy. Uh, and they're looking at sustainable sourcing of food. So, um, you know, it's, it's good positive steps in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, just looking at that emissions reduction, they've achieved a 35% reduction so far and are aiming for an additional 25% by 2025. So uh, all great steps in the right direction, as you say. Staying with the royal family and moving over to Celebrity, this uh, past week they have uh, had the, the naming ceremony of, of course, Celebrity Apex. Yes, they have. Celebrity Apex now has been has been christened. She's got a new godmother, Reshma Suzani, who is the founder of the Girls Who Code project, Mm. Uh, which is, uh, you know, you can obviously Google that, but there'll be some information in the show notes. But this is a a great sort of step forward for this particular ship. Uh, The Girls Who Code uh, program um, has reached over 450,000 girls across the world 
um, to help them with their education. Um, and this is particularly uh, important in places such as the US, UK and India, as well as Canada. Um, and it has free programs for girls aged 18, uh, sorry, 11 to 18 uh, to help inspire them to get into computer science and coding. So, um, you know, this is expanding the, the, the traditional way that cruise lines look at the, the godmothers for their ships and honoring people who are making impacts in, in all different parts of the world. Um, so Celebrity Apex now is uh, on her, you know, in the fleet. She's been named. She's part of the of the uh, celebrity lineup uh, mm-hmm. and will be making a, a much um, anticipated arrival uh, to U.S. ports uh, while she undertakes her maiden voyages. Yeah. Now the uh, celebrity going to try and weave in the, the coding aspects um, into the, the kids clubs on board, which would be quite interesting. Uh, mm. That's obviously uh, things that have been taught in school nowadays. So to be able to embrace that and uh, offer it to a wider community is great as well. Yeah. Let's move over to MSC next. They've created a new art structure on board with their latest ships, which is titled Dancer Del Mar. Yes. So it's uh, in partnership uh, with Vanini. Uh, which is a um, esteemed glassmaker. I hope mm. I pronounced that right. <laughs> um, which is, celebrates its 100th anniversary, um, and it sort of uh, is paying tribute to the MSC Foundation and their um, sort of uh, activities to protect and promote the uh, natural environment or the planet as well. Um, so this particular sculpture um, is is a uh, what's huge by the sounds of things it rises from deck five to deck eight um, and it's surrounded by mirrors that uh, give it sort of this light effect that makes it quite stunning so um, you know definitely something unique and and interesting it um, has a very um, sort of magical feel about it um, and there's a whole heap of sort of sea elements uh, and and uh, other some marine life that are kind of included in the in the imagery that's used on board. Yeah, and no, it's pretty impressive. And in fact, it's actually got a great image of it in the news section on the website. Just a reminder, um, we don't just have the, the historical aspect of all the podcast episodes on there. You can also head up and see the most popular news items. And uh, this image of MSC Shore and, and this new glass structure is, is pretty striking. So take a look, head to the website and look, click on the, uh, the cruise news segment. Um, let's head over to the UK next. Fred Olson Cruises have their new flagship Bolliet making her inaugural sailing from Southampton. Yes. Now this has been again um, a long time in the yeah. in the wings because, of course, they they purchased um, the ship during the uh, COVID shutdown. She's one of two new ships for Fred Olsen, both of which came from um, Holland America Line uh, before. Um, so she's now having had a refit, been repainted, looks absolutely stunning in her Fred Olsen colours. Um, she's on her her voyage from Southampton. And this is the first of what will be 26 uh, hand-selected voyages. So they've been kind of made, each one's kind of uniquely crafted, I suppose, to, mm-hmm. to take in different locations, uh, such as the Northern Lights to media showers and visits to the Canary Islands. So it's quite a unique um, sort of lineup that they've got here with the ship. Um, and, you know, for example, there's some some sort of main highlights here, Baz, a couple of them that caught my eye, of yeah. course, is the Norwegian fjords and the and the waterfalls cruise, which just sounds absolutely brilliant. Um, and another voyage that discovers the Balkans, which sounds really cool, uh, with uh, calls, you know, in a variety of different ports on the way to and from um, the Balkans. So it's uh, 
and these are round trips from Southampton as well. So for like local cruisers as well in the UK, mm. um, it's really easy to get to the ship and back home again afterwards. Yeah, some iconic ports on there and some ports that I've never heard of, let alone been to. Um, just naming just a few on here. We've got uh, Neum, I think it's pronounced, N-E, sorry, N-E-U-M, which is in Bosnia and Herzegovina. Mm. Um, we're heading down the Croatian coast and also into Albania. Albania, um, a port called Duress, which I've not heard of, and uh, also into Morocco. I'd love to head into Tangier myself, and uh, that's also on this itinerary as well as lots of other itineraries. And we've uh, got those two plus another one listed in the uh, the show notes of this particular episode. So take a little look on there if you're interested. Mm. Next up, um, Disney have announced Adventures by Disney will be uh, taking expeditions into the Arctic. Yes, how exciting. Um, <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, f- Disney as it is, is uh, kind of pitched towards family. So it's taking a sort of family approach to Arctic voyages. Mm. Um, there are a number of, uh, or two particularly, um, departures for this in June and July of 2023. So we're looking a little bit further out into um, into the future, but they're 10-day um, or nine-night uh, voyages. And they're doing this uh, uh, voyage in conjunction with um, chartered adventures on board Penant vessels, which is kind of interesting as well, mm. um, which, of course, they are a leader in that um, in that polar um, region. So, you know, that's, again, quite a quite a change um, for the Disney offering and something that is quite exciting. Um, you know, they're going to be able to see things such as the glaciers, um, some beautiful fjords that are um, best witnessed, I suppose, by ship. Um, and there's also, of course, the ability to to watch and learn about the local wildlife, such as polar bears, um, Arctic foxes, walruses, and reindeer. And of course, they've got a Disney, uh, former Disney Imagineer on board who'll be also leading sketch classes and kind of talking about the, the Disney aspect. I suspect there might be a little bit of talk of Frozen involved in that particular voyage, but again, further details are also available in the show notes of this particular episode. Now, I can't believe that it's a year ago that we talked about mm. Dream Cruises being one yeah. of the first cruise lines to restart cruises, but they've done it. They've hit that one-year milestone, and they've hit a lot of other milestones too. Yes, I know. I mean, 200,000 uh, residents from Singapore have been on board um, since that. Uh, since we were speaking about it, you know, starting up. Um, <laughs> there's 150 uh, voyages that have set sail. Um, they, they call them super seacation voyages, but basically these sort of like local cruises. Um, mm. And, you know, the, the bookings uh, into the future continue to be strong. Um, you know, the last few months of this year are pretty much sold out um, and they've got s- sort of indications for strong bookings into 2022. So, you know, it, it is a great indication as to how cruising can be safely done in a local market uh, because, so far as I'm aware, they haven't had any major problems with this um, with this particular operation from Jeep. No, no, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's all about the partnership and the openness that they've had with the Singaporean authorities to be able to work uh, cohesively together. Um, and they've, they've done incredible things with Destination Immersion. We spoke last week about them featuring uh, Western Australia. And uh, coming up over the Christmas period, they've got some great Nordic Christmas adventures where they'll bring mm. the best of Sweden, Finland, Norway, and Denmark onto the ship and celebrate all things, I guess, Northern Hemisphere Christmas is probably the, the best way to describe it. Yeah. And uh, last up in the, the news section for this week, we've got some news out of Viking where they're planning new expeditions for summer, that's the northern summer, of course, of 2023. Yeah, they've got some um, two-week itineraries in the Great Lakes, Yeah, uh, which is interesting, a Great Lakes collection. 
voyages between Toronto and Duluth, uh, and there's uh, you know a whole heap of um, experiences that you can have there from on board the ship with great you know opportunity to to experience those great lakes they've got um niagara and the great lakes voyages the great lakes explorer undiscovered great lakes itineraries and a canadian discovery itinerary which looks pretty exciting um, and then there's also going to be um, a series of north and south america voyages as well um, so you've got cruises down from canada along the atlantic coastline um, and, and even voyages down as far as Chile and the fjords down there and Panama as well. So, yes. you know, it's a very wide-reaching operation these days, Baz. Yes, and of course, these are on the two new polar-class vessels, Viking Octanis and Viking Polaris, uh, which are a little bit different than the other ocean-going vessels. They're 378 guests, 189 staterooms, and so many very unique features. I've got a few of them listed in the show notes, but way too many to mention. But if you're, you're interested in expedition cruises, you have got that opportunity now to cruise with Viking amongst other cruise lines. Chris, that's all we have in cruise news for this week. But I do want to say a little thank you and a little shout out to everybody who has got in touch. And there have been so many of you that have said you've casted your vote. Oh, yes. Because, of course, we are up in the Australian Podcast Awards, the Listener's Choice segment. We announced last week there are ways that you can help us to uh, cast that vote. And uh, the easy way is just to head to australianpodcastawards.com forward slash vote Mm. Uh, type in the big cruise podcast and then just put in your first name last name hit submit but the most important jump into your emails there and look for that uh, email from them so that you can uh, confirm and validate your vote otherwise it does just disappear into a black hole basically just checking that you are are a human and you are casting a real vote so if you haven't done so and you are able to do so Every little bit helps because we're up against some massive podcast studios, some celebrity names, some huge, huge podcasts. And as we mentioned before, not only is podcasting niche, but uh, travel and in particular cruise podcasting is even nicher. Uh, But thanks to you, we do sit in that top 5% of uh, podcasts, leisure podcasts around the world. And maybe, maybe just uh, with your help, we can uh, be a finalist in the listener's choice at the Australian Podcast Awards. So thank you once again. Chris, what's happening with you? Have you got uh, any particular videos in the the archive you want to mention this week or any new things that are happening with you? Uh, No, yeah. For me, it's uh, really just been a a matter of doing a heap of research, actually, because we're we're, um, thinking about um, perhaps doing some some more uh, book writing, (laughs) Uh, which is, you know, keep tuned. We will have some more information about that when it it pans out. Uh, But otherwise, my, my latest video... Um, looking at um, sadly the the um, news that uh, it looks as if Carnival Fascination is now heading towards the scrapyard, uh, and again this was um, something that is trackable via those marine tracker softwares, mm. um, and and also um, if you're interested in knowing more about the cruise boom thanks to airlines, uh, my video of um, airplane versus ship. <laughs> um, you know, it's, I, I think it's quite a good overview of some of the stuff that Baz and I have been talking about. So you can go onto my YouTube channel and give that some love as well. Brilliant. Of course, that link to Chris's YouTube channel is always in the show notes um, of each and every episode. So, so do check it out. There's a lot of great content there. Um, Chris, always a pleasure, mate. Until the same time next week, uh, safe travels, mate. Thanks so much. You too. now it's time for my itinerary of the week and just a reminder this part of the show is not in any way sponsored 
promoted or paid for by any particular cruise line. It is simply an itinerary that I particularly like the look of, whether it's crossed my desk, dropped into my letterbox, or found its way onto my email. And actually, this week, it was suggested by a good listener. Um, Gary has actually sent this through, and he said he did this particular cruise on board Sea Princess back in 2019. Um, and although it's a relatively short cruise, it was a great destination immersion into Papua New Guinea and also great for anybody that has got a particular interest in World War II history. Of course, a lot of things happened up in this particular part of the world. Um, The same itinerary or a very similar itinerary is happening on board Coral Princess in January of 2023, Uh, so a little over 12, 13 months away from now. And it's an 11-night cruise departing out of Brisbane, I think I mentioned already, on Coral Princess, uh, 11 days, five different ports, uh, all of them there in Papua New Guinea, and five sea days as well. Uh, So departing at Brisbane on 26th of January, two sea days there before arriving into the first of those ports in Papua New Guinea, um, uh, Milne Bay, I think, is the first one for Alato Bay. Sorry, Milne Bay for Alato. Um, we're then heading into Kitava um, uh, via a water shuttle or a tender, then into Rabul and uh, to the Kiruwina Islands. Um, again, a, a tender or a water shuttle required on that one, and then into the Conflict Islands before two particular sea days before returning back to uh, to Brisbane. Uh, Papua New Guinea is a very uh, unique destination, relatively untouched in tourism. In fact, up until a couple of years ago, the only way you could really see it uh, in a, a great way was via expedition cruise. But uh, more recently, the Australian cruise lines, the more mainstream ones, have been offering uh, opportunities to head up there as well. Uh, in fact, prior to COVID-19, there was talks of a, a kind of a private island, a private beach experience uh, up in Papua New Guinea. But um, to to see the images of this destination and also to interact with the, the locals, as you get to do, is pretty incredible and help support growing tourism destinations as well, which will have been doing it very, very tough uh, during COVID. So again, an opportunity to, to support the people of Papua New Guinea on a great ship, Coral Princess. Uh, that itinerary date again, 26th of Jan, 2023, 11 days, uh, five ports, five sea days. And the link to that particular itinerary is available into today's show notes. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.